Okay, welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Spotify and some of the other platforms that we broadcast on. This is Warren Landis, and I'm your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And, you know, it's Friday. It's the first day of September 2023. And uh, September, of course, is a very significant month for us here at Sunshine USA because this is the month that uh, we celebrate another birthday at Sunshine USA. It was back in September of 2012 that Sunshine USA was born, and I produced my very first Sunshine USA broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, which we're still part of, and I produced that program in Brandon, Mississippi, where I was living at the time. And really, I would say for most of the first year, a little over a year, that we were on the air, uh, most all of our broadcasts came from Brandon, Mississippi. And then after that, I moved to Greenville, South Carolina, where we have been producing Sunshine USA ever since. Well, yesterday we made a, a big decision here at Sunshine USA. I should say I made a big decision here at Sunshine USA because quite literally I'm the only one on staff here at Sunshine USA. And I decided uh, to upgrade our ministry on Blog Talk Radio. And basically what that means on Blog Talk Radio, those of you that listen to us both on Blog Talk Radio and Sunshine USA, what that means is on Blog Talk Radio we now have up to an hour a day, I believe, instead of just 30 minutes a day, and we have the ability to do live radio. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Now it's a little bit of a nervous time for me too because of the fact that uh, we're paying extra to get extra privileges and, and access to extra accessories and things like that that we need to do a live broadcast and, and a longer broadcast. And so now we're paying $39 a month for the airtime on Block Talk Radio. And of course, at this point, that all comes out of my pocket because we don't have a budget <laughs> at Sunshine USA. We're not incorporated yet. I hope that in the next year that will change and we'll have a board of directors. And you need to pray that God will give me the wisdom to put this board of directors together. And I will say this, if you know someone who you think would be ideally suited uh, to be on our board of directors at Sunshine USA, I hope that you'll uh, contact me and let me know and give me the contact information for that person so that I can talk to them about being on the board of directors here at Sunshine USA. Now, the kind of person I would be looking for here is someone who loves the Lord. They have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they truly desire God to be the Lord of their life. They allow God to have the final say-so in the decisions of their life. That's the kind of person we're looking for here at Sunshine USA. People who, like me, are committed to the faithful teaching <clears throat> of the Word of God. 
That's who we're looking for. And if you know someone who would fit the bill, I hope that you will let me know. And I will be in touch with them, and we'll see where we go from there. Uh, right now, I'm not even sure how many people we will have on the board. But I would like us to get legally incorporated so that uh, the ministry will be well-suited to continue on in the event that I'm no longer on the scene. I mean, I'm realistic to know that being a man who is less than a year from my 70th birthday, I know that I'm not going to live forever. But I want this ministry to be around until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back to this earth, and I want this ministry to even be a witness for the Lord during the tribulation period. <laughs> and I think the best way for that to happen is to get this ministry uh, legally incorporated. And that, of course, would set it up so that you guys could get some tax credit for any money that you donate to this ministry. Now, let me point out <laughs> that I currently get no salary. And I don't see that changing if we had a board of directors. I don't want a salary. The Lord has blessed me with all the money that I need to live on. And I thank God for that. I'm comfortable with that. But I also want it to be known that uh, this ministry needs money so that we can expand, so that we could start doing things in the future that we're not able to do now. <clears throat> I would love for us to buy time on conventional AM and FM radio stations across America. One of the things that would do is it would allow us to get the message of Sunshine USA into the jails and prisons of this country, into hospitals and nursing homes and places like that, places that we don't necessarily reach now. And we would love to be able to do that. Uh, we're wanting to get into an MP3 ministry where we make MP3 audio recordings available to people who request them and people who, you know, would like that very much in their home. And I imagine this would be a great blessing to truck drivers going across America, a lot of people in America today do a lot of traveling and it would give them something to listen to while they travel. So we thank God for that. And also, of course, I would love to be able to start speaking more in area churches. And in order for all this to happen, we need more financial support. And so I guess what I'm doing on this program today is asking you to consider whether or not the Lord would have you give any money to this ministry. And bearing in mind, you would not be giving money to me. You would be giving money to the ministry so that the expenses of this ministry could be borne and, um, and we would be able to do so much more in the future that we're able, not able to do now. So I hope that you'll pray about it. And... Um, I just felt led of the Lord to share that with you before we get started with anything else this morning. And that also means that between the two platforms, uh, Spotify and Blog Talk Radio, we will now be able to spend 
up to two hours a day preaching and proclaiming the gospel and teaching the Bible. And that's seven days a week. Um, I dream of the day when we're going to have a 24-7 internet-based radio network that you can tune into any day of the week, any time of the day, and not only get sermons from me, but sermons from other great preachers across America, and even great sermons from preachers who have lived in the past, uh, people like uh, Vance Havner and Harold Smith, Eddie Martin, uh, just to name a few, Adrian Rogers, Oliver Green. These are some of the preachers I grew up with that are now in heaven. And to have a radio network where we can broadcast this seven days a week, 24 hours a day, uh, <clears throat> I just think that would be great. <laughs> Amen. But that's just something for you to think about. And uh, you pray about it. If God lays it on your heart to give anything, go ahead and do it. If God says don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> I, don't I don't know how to make it any simpler. Well, the contact information, I'll go ahead and give that now. It's Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thrusted Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. It's Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. Now, I have two email addresses. And that's also a great way to let me know if you have any prayer requests or questions about Bible study. Uh, I have two email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com, and the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. And so I hope that you will feel free to go ahead and contact me. I would love to hear from you. <clears throat> okay, now let's uh, hit the Bible. And pick up this time where we left off last time. In the last broadcast, we left off with uh, Acts chapter 20, verses 4 and 5. Verse 4 says, And there accompanied him into Asia, Sopatar of Berea, and of, Thess and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus, and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timotheus, and of Asia, Tacius, and Trophimus. Verse 5, these going before tarried with us at Troas. Now I want you to take note of the pronoun there, us, and I'll point this out again in verses uh, 13 through 16, but it appears that Luke was one of the unnamed people traveling with Paul. And of course it made sense. We know that Paul had various uh, physical ailments and he needed at times to have a medical doctor with him. Uh, Luke by profession was a medical doctor and it would have been great to have Luke on some of his travels with him, especially since we're approaching a point in Paul's life where he seems to be doing an accelerated rate of travel. 
Um, but the whole point of these two verses here where we left off last time is the fact, it would be the fact that um, uh, Paul had a team with him. He traveled with an entourage. Paul recognized that the most effective way to reach his world with the gospel was through team effort. One of the things I learned when I was in seminary was that you rarely get a lot accomplished without a team behind you. You recognize that no pastor and no evangelist can do everything. You have to have a team that is working behind you and with you. And Paul had that. And I want you to notice the names of the people here that I read out to you a while ago. These are not household names. These are names that very few people know. And some of you that have read and studied your Bible for many years, you don't know the names of these people by memory. They don't exactly stand out in your mind. These were people that had the ability to serve God behind the scenes. A lot of the stuff that they did for God, a lot of the stuff they did even for Paul, we don't know about. Because, frankly, the names are not mentioned. The names are not given to us. <laughs> or they are given to us, but only in a couple of places. And so we don't really know about them the way we know about other people. We know about people like Paul and Luke and Barnabas and Silas and Timothy, but some of the others we just don't know about. But all of these were people that worked alongside Paul as a team. And as a result, Paul was able to accomplish so much more, way more than he ever would have accomplished by himself. And that is something for you to think about, those of you who are young ministers just getting started in the ministry. I don't want you to go into the ministry thinking that you're going to be a spiritual superman, that you're going to reach the whole world for Christ by yourself. I do not think that will happen. If you're going to be able to get anything done for God on a grand scale, it's going to have to be through a team effort. I mean, that's the way it is at your church. Your church is probably capable of doing a lot more with everybody working together in the church than the pastor trying to do everything himself. Now, unfortunately, we have some pastors out there who would at least try to do everything by themselves if they could. But usually what happens there is the pastor gets discouraged and he gets all stressed out and eventually he ends up leaving the ministry. It's so much better if the pastor can work with others in the church to get a job done that is so much bigger than any one person in the church. Amen. Uh, I know 
at the church I go to here in Greenville. I go to the San Susi Church in Greenville. And uh, we have a great pastor. And we have several great ministries. But no one person can do everything. For example, at our church, we have a food pantry ministry. And we actually have several members of our congregation working in connection with the food ministry, getting stuff done that no one person could do by themselves. Now, we have one couple in particular in our church who's done probably more than most in terms of starting this food pantry ministry and keeping it going, but uh, that couple has been sidelined in recent weeks with one of them having, uh, I think, uh, I forget whether, I think it's a knee replacement, maybe hip replacement, I don't know, but uh, they've had to go through a period of recuperation. But the ministry of the food pantry has nonetheless gone on because several people, like I say, are working in connection with this uh, food pantry ministry. We have another person in our church who works with uh, Operation Christmas Child, I think it is. This is where uh, shoeboxes are filled with gifts for children. And it is a great way to tell children around the world about Jesus Christ who loves them and has a plan for their life. And I don't need to tell you that there's a whole lot of people all across America that work in connection with that particular ministry project. And all of these people working together can get so much more done than any one person could do by themselves on their own. I mean, seriously. <laughs> you can't serve the Lord as a one-man crusader. It doesn't work that way. Okay, now. Here we go. Okay, let's um, go into now. Verse number 6, chapter 20, verse 6. And once again it says, And we, notice here, the pronoun we, just like in verse 5, you have the pronoun us. Once again, this indicates that Luke was with them. Uh, Luke, as you know, wrote the gospel that bears his name, and he also wrote the book of Acts. And so where he uses the pronouns us and we, this is a pretty good indication that he's present with Paul at this particular time uh, in his ministry. And he says... And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of the unleavened bread and came unto Troas in five days. And there we abode seven days. That's in verse 6. Now, what I want us to see there is that it appears uh, an accurate journal was being made of Paul's missionary work. Uh, I know at our church, uh, San Susi Church in Greenville, South Carolina, we are beginning a new Bible study series that will introduce many of our members to the blessing of journaling. 
And I think that could be a very good thing. But here we see something of the itinerary that Paul kept because of journaling. Then let's read on. Verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, which was Sunday, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow. And he continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they had gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. He had fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him, and embracing him, said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again, he had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till the break of day. And so he departed, and they brought the young man alive, and were not a little comforted. <laughs> In other words, they were a whole lot comforted by this. Paul actually preached until midnight. Now, you know, this is an interesting story on so many fronts, and it has so many different applications for us. One of the applications that it has for us here is the fact that Paul preached until midnight. Now, ask yourself this question. What if your pastor started preaching, and he didn't stop till midnight. Now, you know, many of our churches have discontinued the Sunday night service. And so um, let's say your pastor gets up at 11 or 11.30 Sunday morning, and he starts preaching, and he preaches straight through, nonstop, until the midnight hour. What would your response be? Would you stay there the whole time? And listen to him. I, I might be interested to see how big the audience was when Paul started preaching and how maybe small it was when he finished. But apparently a great multitude of people, a large number of people stayed for the whole thing. And this man named, see we're given a specific name for him. His name was Eutychus. E-U-T-Y-C-H-U-S. Now, that's another man in the Bible that we don't know a lot about. We just don't know a lot about this guy. But the thing that we know about him is that he fell asleep. Now, you know, that would be interesting to have your name in the Bible, but the only thing people know about you is that you fell asleep during one of Paul's sermons. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be remembered that way or not, but he fell into a deep sleep. And apparently he was sitting on the third loft. Can you imagine a church with two or three levels of balconies? Here he is on the third level, the highest level, the highest balcony. And he falls down to the floor. And as far as anybody can tell, he's dead. 
what would your reaction be? What would happen there? Well, Paul evidently went over to this person. Paul was able to revive him. Bearing in mind, this is part of the authority that Paul had as an apostle. Part of his apostolic authority was he could heal people, he could raise people from the dead even. And such was the case here. The man was revived, and they stick around and communicate with each other till the break of day. I mean, this was quite literally a church service that probably went on for 12 or more hours. You know, that's one of the things I like about the early church. They did not put time limits on God. They just kept going until whenever they finished. Nowadays, I think we're too conscious of the time when we come to worship. You know, worship starts at 10.30 or 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And we know that by 11.30 or 12 o'clock, everybody's going to be racing to the chow line. They're going to be racing to their favorite restaurant. But notice that in the first century church, there was actually no limit placed on time. If that meant staying at church all night, so be it. And I'm sure that some of these people, you know, they had to be at work the next day. Bearing in mind, this church service was on the first day of the week, which was Sunday. The next day was Monday. I'm sure many of them had to go back to their regular jobs. And I'm sure that the Lord compensated for their lack of sleep when they went back to their regular jobs on Monday. You know, I can remember a time in this country where we used to have revival meetings. Some of these revival meetings would literally go on for weeks at a time. Sometimes an evangelist would come to town, he would start a series of meetings, and even the evangelist was not sure how long he was going to be there in town. But nowadays, we find that people have this tendency to put time limits on God. They say, God, I want to worship you. God, I want to praise you. But God, you better not take more than 60 minutes. I have noticed in some services, once the service hits the 60-minute mark, a lot of people gradually, slowly, but surely start leaving. That's another reason why I think the crowd that Paul started out with was probably smaller than what he started out with. Now, of course, one of the things I like about being retired is the fact I'm not as time conscious as I used to be. I mean, seriously, I'm not as time conscious as I used to be. (laughs) I can remember when even I, if I was preaching, I rarely preached beyond 30 minutes. In fact, right now, I mean, if you listen to Sunshine USA, you'll notice that most of our programs conform to a 30-minute time slot. Now here on Spotify, we've always had an hour a day. But I rarely take or use the whole hour. In many cases, after 30 or 35 minutes, the message is finished. Sometimes I have been known to preach 45 minutes, 50 minutes. 
And I think one time I even preached for 55 minutes. But I have never been known to be a long-winded preacher. I get up and pretty much say what God wants me to say, and then I bring the sermon to a close. I had a seminary professor that taught me something very important. He said, when you preach, when you get to the end of your message, stop preaching. Many ministers make the mistake of preaching on and on and on and on long after their message is finished. And that does a lot more harm than good in the long run. At another deacon, actually, in another church, give me some good advice when I was a young man going into the ministry. He said, you need to remember that the mind cannot absorb more than the seat can endure. Let me say that again. The mind will not absorb more than the seat can endure. If God has given you an extra long message, it may be a sign that the Lord wants you to divide that into two or more messages, maybe even a series of messages. And if God has given you a long series of messages, don't try to preach that series all at one time. It's not going to work out. Amen. Okay, now let's go on and uh, look at verses uh, 13 through 16. And we, now notice the pronoun we there, went before the ship and sailed unto Asia. They're intending to take in Paul, so for so he had appointed binding himself to go afoot. And when he met us at Asus, we took him in and came to Moline, uh, Medellin, and we, we sailed thence and came the next day over against Caius. And the next day we, we arrived in Samus and tarried at Terragamium. And the next day we were come to Miletus. Now, once again, the use of all these pronouns indicates that Timothy is writing this on his own account. He is not simply relaying to us what somebody else had told him. He is writing in the first person, we would say, indicating that at this point of the trip, we know that um, Timothy was with the group. And then we find... In the next verse, um, he hasted, if it were possible, for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. So uh, here we read about at least one time in Paul's life where he was in a hurry. He was trying to reach Jerusalem by the day of Pentecost. Now, of course, for the Jewish believers, the day of Pentecost was a very 
significant event, and Paul wanted to be there in Jerusalem for that, if at all possible. Now, bearing in mind, even though Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, it doesn't mean that he didn't have love in his heart for his Jewish brethren, and it doesn't mean that he didn't do at least something to try to reach his Jewish brethren with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even though, like I say, first and foremost, he was an apostle to the Gentiles. And I, I would dare say that were it not for the ministry of the Apostle Paul, we today as Christians, we today as Christians here in America, we would probably not be Christians. But we are Christians today because of the work of the Apostle Paul. He was literally a man who reached much of the known world of his day with the gospel of Christ. Now it's important to point out too that many Bible scholars believe, and I do too, that Paul went as far west as Spain. Now we know that Paul had a desire to go to Spain. Now, of course, back in those days, Spain was not called Spain. It had another name. But Paul wanted to go as far west as Spain. And I believe personally that Paul did this during the final two years of his life. He traveled to Spain. And we know that Paul also spent a lot of time in Rome, another one of the cities that Paul wanted to reach. You know, it's kind of interesting that Paul had in his sights some of the biggest cities of his day. And we would say today that was largely because of the fact that Paul was a mass evangelist. He was interested in doing all he could to reach the most possible people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now that's one of the reasons why today I find myself very eager to get involved in media ministry. For example, through the internet, and of course Sunshine USA is largely an internet-based ministry, through the internet, I am able to preach the gospel and teach the Bible to everybody on planet Earth. Everybody. Sunshine USA goes into countries where it would actually be against the law to send human missionaries. But yet the people in that country, they could tune in to the internet and they could listen to the gospel being preached and the Bible being taught on the internet through Sunshine USA. And I thank God for that. Obviously, I have the kind of health issues today that don't make it possible for me to travel all throughout the world like I would love to do. But I could still do that because of the Internet. And that is one of the reasons why today I remain so heavily committed to the Internet ministry. Because I realize this is the best way and the most effective way to reach the entire planet Earth with the gospel. Now, the only thing I can do really is to make sure 
that I preach the gospel everywhere on the earth by way of the internet. Now, I can't guarantee that people will respond to the message. I don't believe that everybody is going to be saved. In fact, the Bible indicates that the vast majority of people will not be saved. The Bible indicates that the vast majority of people will not be saved. For example, when we die as Christians and we go to heaven, I think we're going to realize there are far fewer people in heaven than are in hell. I think the population of hell will be far bigger than the population of heaven. Because Jesus himself said, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to destruction. And I, I believe that more people than not will go to hell instead of heaven. But I don't want people to go to hell because they've never heard the gospel. Because I have committed my life to the goal of preaching the gospel and teaching the Bible to everybody on planet Earth. And let me tell you something, folks. I don't plan to stop doing this till the day I die. And even now, I'm in the process of preserving these messages that I preach on the Internet so that you could go back and you can, in fact, go back as far as you like and you could listen to these broadcasts. If you miss a broadcast today and you don't have a chance to listen to it till tomorrow, that's okay. I thank God when I go to bed at night, maybe it's 3 o'clock in the morning and I have to get up and go to the bathroom, I realize that through the Internet I'm preaching to somebody on planet Earth right now. Somebody who needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone who needs to learn more about the Bible, the Holy Word of God. Amen. And I thank God for that. Well, we're going to pretty much bring it to a close here. I think we're at a good stopping point. On the next broadcast, we will start with verse number 17, where we have Paul and the Ephesian elders. Paul and the Ephesian elders, starting with verse number 17 in chapter 20. Now, one of the things you'll notice about my style of preaching is I'm not in a hurry. I think the next broadcast will be at least my third broadcast in the 20th chapter of Acts. And it may not be the last, I don't know. Uh, let me see here how much more we have to go. Well, we've got a good bit to cover in the rest of chapter 20, so I can't say with certainty that we will finish the 20th chapter of Acts in the next broadcast. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. I don't know. But I do know we'll start commentary next time with verse 17. So if you haven't read, if you haven't read yet the 20th chapter of the book of Acts, go ahead and do so. And if you want to read ahead further to the 21st chapter of Acts, that would be good. That way when I get there, you'll be ready. 
<laughs> Amen. Well, let me remind you that you're the best advertisement we have. If you were blessed by the Ministry of Sunshine USA, then you probably know somebody else who would also be blessed by the Ministry of Sunshine USA. I hope that you'll take the time to tell them about this broadcast and tell them that we're on the air preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Christ and we're teaching the Bible and tell them where to find it on the internet and you may be giving them information that will quite literally change their life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, until next time, this is Warren Landis saying I've enjoyed being with you on the broadcast today. I really have enjoyed being with you. And I want you to know that I look forward to seeing you next time on Sunshine USA.